0: Hey guys, I just wanted to take a, a second of your time talk about a new bra head company that has appeared on the scene to deliver high quality braheads at an affordable price. Exact Archery and the Exact Braheads deliver high quality, durable, and constant braheads for a fraction of the price. Working directly with manufacturers, they deliver. Order a three pack of four blade browheads today for just twenty dollars at www.exactarchery.com. Use the promo code Blade22 to get free shipping thanks guys what's up everybody welcome back to the blue river bow hunting podcast episode 62 Uh, i got my buddy on here matt i don't want to mess your last name up it's dossman right
1: you are correct. Yeah, awesome. I
0: I, I can read for today.
1: Got, <laughs> got the first time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, you know I I interact with uh, Matt quite a bit uh, since I have started a personal Facebook page for uh, some reasons and uh, I kind of saw what him and Jake were doing uh, with Blue Collar Whitetails. Uh, he was on the Blue Collar Whitetails podcast uh, th- this past week great episode if you don't listen to that podcast go check it out they do a great job some really cool stuff especially if you're from the state of indiana like myself um but uh what's going on dude how's your how's your evening going
1: evening's going good and thank you i appreciate the uh, compliments on blue collar
0: yeah it's awesome i love uh interacting with everybody on there uh and see every you know everybody posting trail cam pictures and that sort of thing and uh just the the blue collar aspect to it I, i like that
1: yeah, it's it's the working man just out there, you know, doing what they love.
0: Absolutely, going hunting.
1: Got to work, so you make time when you have time, and we don't have that professional budget, so we're out there getting it done with what we can do.
0: Well, that's perfect for this podcast because I've said for a long time <laughs> this is this is the regular bow hunters podcast. You know, I, yeah. I seem to I don't like to cover the exact same stuff all the time. Um, but I like to have regular guys on just like me and you and go through how ever how you do everything and how you approach uh whitetails and bow hunting and you know, and everybody gets to, to listen to that side of things and, and I think that's kinda cool.
1: Yes, yes it is. I'm ready.
0: So for anybody that doesn't know you, Matt, introduce yourself.
1: Um uh, Matt Dawson, I'm forty eight years old. I've been hunting. This will be my thirty sixth year. Started when I was 12 years old. My uh, Uncle Terry's the one that got a bow in my hand and taught me how to shoot a bow. My dad took me hunting a lot. My grandfather taught me. And most of my family hunted for most of my life. Most Mental. of them now are getting old. My uncle, grandpa passed away. But uh, I took a little farther than they ever would have. Yeah, They they call me the crazy one of the family.
0: <laughs> I probably get that uh, behind my back, and I probably don't even know it. But
1: <laughs> uh, oh, they so, throw me to my face. <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, where are you from, Matt?
1: Uh, I was originally born in Leesburg, Indiana, and I got married this past year, and I've been with my wife for two years. And I live in Akron, Indiana right now, A-town.
2: There you and,
1: go. And, yeah, Fulton <laughs> County. So, my hunting resides, I just picked up a new spot here in Fulton County, 59 acres of woods, field, and swamp. Nice. And then, it's on the edge of, yeah, two huge properties. Awesome. And then, north, up in Leesburg and Dutchtown area, I have a couple more areas to hunt.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll cover those... We'll cover those properties in just a minute when I ask you about some of these properties that you got. But I want to dive into how you and Jake started uh, Blue Collar Whitetails. How did this all come about?
1: <laughs> That's a good story. We both used to work for the State Highway of Indiana. And there'd be some times that we'd be on the same job together and we both were just passionate about deer hunting. I've been doing it a lot longer than he has. He joined in a few years ago. And I'd been doing it most of my life and he just asked me tips and stuff. And we started talking about deer hunting and bucks and what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And it just came together and it came to me one day. I said, Hey, let's start something. Let's start this blue collar whitetail thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sounded great to me. Just a couple guys, you know, like everybody else that's blue collar, just trying to get out and go hunt and, live their passion.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: We made it up for the everyday working man.
0: That's awesome. It it seems like it's became quite a big thing on the, on the Facebook page. A lot of people interact on there.
1: We just got three more members today. I welcome them in and yeah, it's open to anybody. I mean, that's what it's all about. Anybody that hunts, anybody wants to join it, come join it. It's just showing off what you got, what you can do, telling stories, blue collar right
0: you know and i feel like a a a page like that you know there are a lot of pages out there where you get some 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 negative feedback uh but i feel like a a page like yours somebody could be very honest and say hey i don't have very much um experience when it comes to you know example a and and ask you guys a question and you and you're going to answer them in a way that you would do it and i think uh, a lot of people don't get that kind of feedback on, on social media
1: correct they don't i mean as everybody knows there's a lot of smart asses on social media <laughs> Right. but i mean but yeah no we're gonna address that person because what if somebody just started hunting this year and don't know jack right they're gonna ask questions why not encourage them instead of shame them for what they don't know or what they do know or how big a buck how small a buck this and that it doesn't matter you're a hunter you could be out there for meat, you're out there for a trophy just out there to enjoy nature you don't know these people it doesn't matter yeah but it's what they want to do it's what they love so why not encourage it
0: yeah i feel you know, like that's the, the one big negative to to social media that way uh, like Correct. you were saying, bu- buck shaming, I've talked about it in length on here before. Um, but just like you said, uh, somebody that doesn't, maybe they've never hunted before, you know, um, and they, they go out there and they shoot a, a little basket rack or a four, a four pointer or, or whatever, you know, uh, that's, that's going to be such a trophy for them. That's how I started. I shot a little seven pointer. that probably wasn't 25 inches in
1: total. You
0: got it. Right. Uh, He's in the
1: garage. Yep,
0: exactly. You know, I I choose to chase bigger and better things now, uh, but it's not because um, I think I'm some badass or something. That's just like what I – that's how I approach it. Uh, I I like chasing those big bucks. You know, I've been through those phases, especially when I was younger, where I didn't care about those sort of things. I just shot what made me happy, and I, I still shoot what makes me happy, to be honest with you. Uh, there is times where I, I, I meet hunt mostly that comes when the, my, the antlerless situation, which I need to add that down to the thing and talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But, um, you
1: got to get those freezer Queens.
0: Oh, you got to get the freezer Queens. You got to get them. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get that taco meat and the the spaghetti oh, meat and all that kind of stuff. Burgers. Uh,
1: sloppy does.
0: Oh, that, that's awesome that you call it sloppy does. That's what the I call it. Sloppy doughs. Oh
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So talk about uh, you when how you got started in it. Since we're on the on the topic, you said that your dad and your uncle and your grandpa and everybody got you got you into it. Did you did you jump straight into whitetails, or was it like a small game type of thing, or frog gigging, or something like that? How did you get started? What did you start on?
1: It all it all kind of started at once, but I did start on whitetails. I did some rabbit hunting and some squirrel hunting when I was younger. Mm-hmm. My uncle Terry was into all that. He liked to take. He taught my dad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He just he loved bow hunt and he loved the challenge and he passed it on to us and taught us and it took hold of me and I've never let go. I'd much rather go out with a bow than a gun any day of the week. Absolutely. But you know, sometimes those cases <laughs> you don't get that choice.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, what was your first ever bow that you had? Was it a hand-me-down or is it something that you went to a shop and got?
1: No, we went, <laughs> my first ever bow is a Fred bear bow. It nice. was a youth bow, yes. And if you can remember, way back where, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 48.
0: But, I'm 34.
1: Oh, okay. You probably don't remember. I got for a bear archery made, a youth bow. It was called the Whitetail 2.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was my first bow. And they also had an adult version of it. And that's what my Uncle Terry had. And he took me to a local archery shop, which was Albertson's Sports Shop back then.
2: Mm-hmm
1: and got me set up and lo and behold i wasn't the greatest archer off the bat it took about three years before i killed my first deer with a bow but it was a doe and i i did it and that finally hooked me
0: oh absolutely i can remember you know I wasn't the greatest archer either to begin with. I'm still not the greatest archer. No, 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 no. <laughs> I still make mistakes oh, no. just like the rest of us. Uh, my first bow, I don't know if you remember this brand or not. My first bow was a Oneida Screaming Eagle.
1: My Uncle Terry, thats he had one of those too.
0: The, talk yeah. about trying to hold them things back, especially at uh, 14, 15 years old, trying to hold something that didn't have a cam. Uh, no, basically trying was to cool hold back and recurve. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I loved how they worked.
0: Yeah, me too. But
1: yeah, they were tough.
0: Yeah. That, I had the big, uh, uh, uh the spider damper on it, you know, looked <laughs> like a big. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's I love them. Things back there. Too. That's what I started with. The big yep. fuzzies.
0: Big fuzzies. Yep. Uh, oh, but yeah. I feel like, uh, local bow shops were, uh, a lot bigger back then. Uh, I had probably four or five within a 15 to 20 minute drive of me uh now I have like one they're
1: uh, far and few between anymore
0: I know it, it sucks I wish that thing that that was still a thing uh I, I love going and seeing everybody shoot you know they had uh kind of like league nights where you go in and shoot with some guys that's that sort of thing and I kind of missed the, the 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 archery shops it's not a thing like it I think it still should be.
1: I mean, yeah, northern Indiana here, there's only like two that are really good, and that's Ringer Outdoors and uh Burkholder Outdoors, one south, one north. Rochester and uh Milford. So that's about the only two big ones I know of left. Besides, well, there's Bass and Bucks and Wabash. Mhm. But that's it.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh I, I feel like somebody needs to open a couple shops up and you know like uh the one that I go to, have been to The only reason I went there, I needed some stuff tied on uh, to my string. Um, But, you know, like I feel like you don't get that um, personal touch to it when you go to a, a Bass Pro or Cabela's or something like that. You know, well, it's just the that. guy hooking you up. You know what I mean? You're you're buying right. it. This, you know, them archery shops. They had the the guy doing it. Uh, and he would help you and give you tips and uh, all that sort of thing. And and the shop that I've been to, uh, the the archery guys. Don't, it's actually a gun shop. Uh, the archery guys only in there like twice a week for like two hours.
1: Which sucks. yeah, but I it does. But I'd much rather know that archery guy for two hours and know who he is than walk into Bass Pro Shop and have somebody you never met before set up your bow and hope that he got it right because he, d- he doesn't know you right the personal connection is what's starting to miss and the only way to find that is going to your local archery shops
0: i, I thought about, about just going to get and taking the class uh to be able to work on everything uh and just kind of do it myself uh, work on Uh, everybody that's with uh, you know with us at blue river bow hunting you know work on their bows and that sort of thing and you know maybe get an arrow saw cut up cut up my own arrows and put my own wraps on them and that sort of thing i think it'd be a lot of fun to get into i'm sure it's a uh, an addiction just like anything else when you dive deep into it
1: oh yeah i mean i've looked at it too it looks awesome it's gonna be expensive but it looks awesome
0: right (laughs) uh so hunting got, in the, hunting Indiana, what's hunting Indiana mean to you?
1: Well, lately, as of I'm sure you've heard, used to call this a sleeper state, and <laughs> uh huh, they changed the rules <laughs> a few years ago from two bucks to one buck, and nowadays, I'm seeing more bigger bucks than ever have in this state in my area, um, Indiana hunting here and. Being a resident here, I mean, it's starting to pay its benefits.
0: Absolutely, uh, you know.
1: Pe- well, people always talk about oh, I'm gonna go to Ohio, I'm gonna go to Iowa, I'm gonna go to Illinois, I'm gonna go kill them giants. Um, I just read an article a week or two ago that uh, Indiana, this past season, was the number one state for Boone and Crockett check-in deer
0: wow i would you have to send me me that article i'd love to love to read that um as far as me hunting um i've never seen it uh the two buck rule i don't i don't remember exactly what year they changed that um but i'm glad they changed it for sure
1: it was the early 90s like 95 Mm -hmm. yeah but ever since that's happened just like right now i got yeah big deer
0: yeah big big deer for sure uh big deer crazy thing is if you if you i'm sure you know this obviously but you know uh speaking to anybody listening to us but you can actually shoot more than one you could shoot your regular indiana tag you could shoot your uh uh uh, urban tag and you could shoot a military refuge or a state park deer you could probably actually kill three or four bucks in the state of indiana not that i would want to
1: no but jake He's always talking about that reduction zone.
0: Yeah, reduction. Means, I call it urban. That's what they used to call it back okay. in Okay,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's, he's big into that. He's been trying to get me to do that, and I've been thinking about it.
0: Yeah, but. it's tough because um, a lot of it's easements off of interstates. Um, yeah. A lot of it's inner city type of stuff that you would have to get permission on. Uh, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret, and some people are probably going to absolutely – tear me down for this and hate on me big time, <laughs> but there is something in the state of Indiana, uh, little gym out there for you guys. You'll thank me. Thank me later. Uh, it's called Apple properties. The state of Indiana pays, um, private land, uh, owners, the opportunity for people to come in and hunt their property. And it's drawled for archery and it's for gun per County. Uh, so many counties have these properties. um, <laughs> and, and, and it's, you can put in for it as we speak. And it, I believe the cutoff date is August 10th, if I'm not mistaken, you have to buy, uh, a oh, wow. tag tag to have it. Um, and there is counties up by you that have these properties, but you put in for these, th- these hunts and I put in for an archery one just south of where I live. It's a v- pretty nice property. Um, and, Depending on how big the property is, is how many people get drawn for it. But if you do just the archery hunt, you have it from October first to November seventeenth, or whatever gun season. Plenty of time. Plenty of time to get it done. Plus, you plenty of time. It's an extra property for you to have where you're not putting the pressure on your personal properties that you have that you're going to put a lot of work into. But that's a huge – I did not know this until turkey season. Uh, During turkey season, I was on a private piece in Greene County. I believe it was the county. Um, And we found a sign, and we're reading through the sign, and it said Apple Properties. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I went to school to be a conservation officer. (laughs) Uh, So we look it up, and we found a map. Uh, There's a map on the IDNR website where you look all through where places to hunt. Uh, but there are these properties where the the landowner gets paid per the state for you to come hunt their place. Uh, So anybody out there that wants to find another place to hunt, you might look that up before August 10th because you can put in for them. And uh, certain counties have more than one property.
1: I had no idea.
0: Most people don't. That's why I said some people may hate me for that, for just (laughs) dropping that little bit of knowledge on everybody.
1: (laughs) Well, I might check into that next year. You
0: can check into it now, buddy. I mean, get, I mean, if you already got your tag bought uh, or go ahead and buy your tag, put in for it. Um, even if you get drawn, you don't ever get time to even go check it out. Uh, you know, it's just another place to hunt. And then uh, what's also available now on the website is uh, military hunts like Big Oaks and that sort of stuff. I don't know if you've ever put in for that sort of thing either. But no. um, some of those hunts are legendary, buddy legendary is an understatement you're hunting military refuge uh like jefferson proving ground in southern indiana uh old military bases and stuff uh ton of deer and very very big deer but those are also available now and then i believe here in a few weeks we'll be able to put in well it's august or mid-august when we can put in for state park hunts uh those are awesome those, if you have already killed a buck and you get drawn for a state park hunt, you can go in and kill another buck. Uh, that's the point of those hunts or reduction hunts. They want you to shoot everything. Uh, they a- a- absolutely will get mad if you if you pass a deer. Like they want every deer taken off as many as they can possibly no get. Kid. Oh, it's awesome! I got drawn for Fort Benjamin Harrison. It's almost downtown Indianapolis. I hunted it in 2020, I believe um the first day i shot a doe and i probably seen 27 deer oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah i mean it was unreal i mean obviously you have to be um they they give you dates where you can go in i mean it's a state park you can go in there whenever you want and yeah. look, walk the trails and stuff uh but anywhere that there's a state park most of them have reduction hunts um and it's i i encourage everybody to take um Take those opportunities, man. Go check that stuff out. It's it can be an adventure, uh, like the one that I did at Fort Harrison. It was the Monday Tuesday um, after the gun opener, but it's bow only because that state park is pretty suburban. Um, it's you know it's it's pretty much inner city for the most. It's like having a giant piece of property that's really badass because it's right along Fall Creek, which holds some very big deer that run around you know, up and down that river and then towards Geisen. you see 140, 150 inch deer walking through these people's backyards. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. It's unreal. Dude. That'd
1: be awesome.
0: Yeah. I don't, I do get that here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, we gotta if, go out after them.
0: You'll get there one day. You keep, I, I've paid attention to some of the stuff that you, you've talked about when it comes to, you know, your properties and that sort of stuff. And, you pass on those deer and let them grow, man. They're you, sooner or later you're going to have a lot of big deer running around.
1: Oh yeah, that is true.
0: But the but one thing tough. that the sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. What oh, that's all
1: right. I was going to say the toughest thing is is passing those deer.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, there's some three and a half year olds that look dandy, and they're standing there in front of you, and it's yeah, it's tough.
0: It is tough, you know, especially. Like I've talked about on here before, when you have declining deer herds, um, you know sometimes you don't see a lot of deer. So when you see that first one ten or one twenty buck, man, it gets you fired up, and you you know you want to pull back on it, but it's like, oh. uh, you know, you need to. It's only October fifteenth. I probably need to second guess this. Let's uh, let's let him walk. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. As in what they say, what you would shoot on the first day, don't shoot on the last day.
0: Absolutely. But the one That's thing true. I was the one thing I was going to ask you when we were talking before I hit record button that I was going to kind of uh, surprise surprise you with this question, um, you know, as we're talking about Indiana and all these kind of hunts and tags and that stuff. Um, yeah. As a blue collar guy like uh, like myself, what do you think of increased tag prices for residents? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear. it. Let's th- <laughs> drop the bomb on this. Let's <coughs>
1: Yeah, Jake's been in my ear about that, too. Jake wasn't very happy. Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. Um, You know what's going to happen? I think it's because of more deer, bigger deer, the opportunity, and the state's gotten more popular, and the price of everything going up, so they might as well raise that up, too. Does it suck? Yes. But what are you going to do?
0: I think it's a... I think it's they do it because they know that they can, which totally Correct. sucks. You know, I understand what you're saying with the, you know, it's becoming more popular, a lot of people want to come here. But with that yeah. said, that's that's non-residents. That's not even people that live here. You know, that, people that yeah. live here, you know, our, our, um, our regular archery tag for as long as I can remember has been $25. Um, that oh, gets yeah. you, you know – it's pretty simple what that gets you uh, you know and then uh several years back they came out with the bundle it was 60 um and then it went up oh, to yeah. uh, 75 i believe now it's i paid 95. 90 i paid like $92 or whatever yes. it was um and that's for 3 deer uh, yep. Any season, I like the any season part of that, but I do not like the ninety-two dollars uh, for uh, for my tags. I I think that's absolutely ridiculous for a, for a resident tag.
1: Yeah, but then if you want to go with your two bonus tags on top of it, that's another fifteen dollars a piece.
0: Yeah, so that's thirty
1: more dollars.
0: Yeah, you could be well into the hundred and fifty dollar range trying to shoot some more deer. Yeah, which I think is but, just outrageous, man.
1: It is, but the flip side of that is go to the grocery store, look at the meat section, look at the prices on hamburger per pound. That's true. We figured this up. Yeah, we, you know, we spend money on the toys and the weapons and tree stands and hunting gear and clothes and all that stuff to go, but when you break it down, you kill a big buck. He weighs, you know, 215 pounds. You got Seventy-five pounds of just hamburger out of him, and then you mix twenty percent sausage with it. You got what eighty-five pounds of deer burger slash hamburger versus one pound of burger in a store at five dollars. So then that tag for thirty dollars. You know.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: I mean, it makes you think, but for sure. Yeah, but no, I agree. It's. It sucks
0: because I know, and you know, in other states, um, I'll, I'll make Kentucky an example. Um, you know, I, I know some people down there, and they have—I don't know if they still have it. I could be wrong on this. Uh, they used to have something called a sportsman's license, and it was like—I want to say for residents, it was like forty or fifty bucks or something. That was everything. That was your turkey. That was your deer. That was your waterfowl, oh, your oh, small game. Everything under a price of. Three deer tags in the state of India. But I understand. That, and that 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 license may be way more than that now. Um, that was just back well, then. I used to hunt Kentucky quite a bit uh, <coughs> when I was younger for turkeys, which a non-resident uh, turkey tag in the state of Kentucky is 210, um, which isn't crazy. Uh, but the archery tag for a non-resident in Kentucky uh, is 375. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be there in September. My pocket, my pocket ain't gonna like that too much. No,
1: here it's like what thirty-seven dollars.
0: Yeah, I, I think a turkey tag here is like yeah, thirty bucks or something.
1: Yeah, you, you do any
0: stamp. You, you do any turkey hunting.
1: I've tried. I'm kind of stubborn. I've always wanted to do it with a bow. Oh yeah. So yeah i'm not wanting to go out there and do it the easy way with the gun no i <laughs> want to sit there and try to do it with a bow so i am now three years and zero on that have i seen them yeah called them within 50 yards yeah it's tough to figure out when to draw and what to do because mm-hmm. you know everybody says turkey's dumb they're not dumb
0: some of them can yeah. be pretty dumb uh, and some of them can be absolutely brilliant at the same time uh, if you haven't checked it out man or anybody listening uh go check my west virginia turkey hunt video out from this past spring you can see how boneheaded of a move i made with a bow with uh troy delaney on opening day of west virginia turkey season i missed a tom at about 15 yards with my bow (laughs) yeah i missed him completely uh he just stood there with the other tom full strut i was able to get another arrow in my bow Um, and then my second shot was a little too far forward. I hit, I hit the bird. I just didn't kill him. Uh, your, um, your, your zone that you're going for your kill shot on a turkey with your bow is very very big. No, Mm -hmm. it's about that big. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I should have just took his head plumb off, but, um, I was trying to get a body shot, kind of my first real action with a bow when it comes to turkeys. I've done it before, but, I think I'm retiring the bow Uh, when it comes to turkey hunting. uh, Something just feels right about shooting a turkey in the face with a shotgun to me.
1: I'm starting to think so, because I'm three years and out, and I'm thinking it's about time.
0: Yeah, it's about time you get the old smoke pole out and just blast one.
1: Yes, (laughs) just to get under your belt and then maybe try again.
0: All right. Um, So what county is it that you're, uh, what county or counties are you hunting here in Indiana?
1: Uh, living and hunting in Fulton County, Akron, Indiana, and also hunting in Kosciuszko County is a couple spots.
0: So is that like Northeast Indiana? Yes. Northeast. Okay.
1: Yep. Northeast is Kosciuszko and then Akron would be South of 30. Okay. We're closer to Wabash here. I gotcha. Um, Rochester.
0: What kind of train is it that your, uh, properties consist of?
1: Uh, here in Akron, it's swamp. It is, yeah, nasty thick. I got a spot in between each side of the county road. is just massive, huge swamp. And you got a couple fields in the woods. So it's a little hilly. Um, I'm going to put my stand on top of one hill that's back there on a big tree. It overlooks the field, the swamp, and the woods behind me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an intersection. They all come through there. I got one of my mock scrapes in there, and they're hitting it religiously. So I haven't put a stand up yet, but I just want to see what these deer were doing because it's a new spot. I'm
0: so starting when you, to
1: figure out their pattern.
0: So when, when, when you do determine stand locations, uh, what are you going off of uh, to put those stands in those places?
1: But The swamp would be going off of, set it back from the swamp on a hill, mm-hmm. overlooking the swamp, and yet you got the field to your side. And the woods behind you most of the deer are coming from the swamp in front of you so say we're heavy in it in deer season first of november last week october bucks are starting to feel it you're up on a hill they're down in the swamp you do some soft grunts or whatnot he comes out of there he can't see anything and he's gonna have to come up that hill because he can't see your side gotcha so being up on a hill could help your chances of pulling him out of there and coming up the hill to you to see what's going on because he can't see over the hill. Gotcha. So that's the theory in that setup.
0: Mm-hmm. So basically, you were just basing it off of uh, maybe like a bedding or it, can they even bed in that? I've never hunted a swamp myself. Uh, do they bed in the towards the oh, swamp got, or is it just a, is it, it just a hiding spot?
1: No, I think they bed there. It's head high cocktails. You can't even see in there, but on the edge of it. It's like a four wheeler trail come out of there, and it just branch out, and it's a big weed field and a few trees here and there, and then a cornfield here, and I got the weed field with a few trees trying to intersect them back and forth.
0: I got you. Sounds uh, sounds like you'd be in the right spot.
1: It is. I'm. I mean, I've had to change batteries in a camera twice already in two months. It's just day after day. They're just tripping it every day. It's a lot of good movement.
0: So is your all, is all your properties swampy like that or just that particular one?
1: Just that particular one. Now if we go northeast over to another spot around Leesburg, Duthtown area, um, that's just a big woods, but it's shaped like a U.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The main part of the woods is over here, and then it has a <coughs> U in the back. It comes around, and there's a little woods here. There's a big field in front of it, and that field goes back here in the U as well. Well, back here in this corner off that U, there's three intersecting fence rows that all come in that corner. So what I've done in that corner, I got to stand there where all them intersect to come into the woods. All the bucks like to come right through there. So I got a mock scrape there and that thing's getting hit multiple times a day every day since the middle of may this year
0: wow now you're you're talking you're talking my language now when you're talking fence rows (laughs) because that's what Mm -hmm. i grew up on kind of my bread and butter for for a long time um you know you know exactly what i mean when uh well i'd say most people that hunt central indiana uh kind of close to me definitely understand what you say when you talk about fence rows man it's just like a highway for these deer it's unreal
1: it is and the sad part is more and more farmers ripping them out though
0: oh yes uh, trust me
1: i uh, i hate seeing them go down
0: me too i hate it though the one i killed um my biggest deer in um one of my biggest deer in um they took it out last year and it, it's not even the same over there anymore uh, the deer totally don't even use that part of the property anymore, but you know, like those travel corridors in between say two big blocks of woods, um, those, those fence rows are, are money. It's almost the only type of, um, you know, train that they can hide in. Um, you know, some, some of them fence yeah. rows, you walk down, you walk down through, you, you, jump, you know, five or six deer out of the same fence row because it's their only source, Of any kind of bedding in the area, because where I'm at, it's just wide open fields for the most part.
1: What's I got a story? Okay. You described you described a spot I used to have before they tore it down. Mm -hmm. It was a small little woods in the middle of a huge field, and there's a fence row that ran to it. This guy right behind me, my biggest, one sixty two and six eighths, nice, was laying in that cornfield. Right by that little woods and a fence row. I snuck in there and sat there, and it was 2004. Two years later, they tore all that down. Oh, wow. Gone. They wiped out the woods and the fence row just so they could get more planting out of that field and killed that spot because Uncle Terry used to hunt that spot as well. This was way back in the day. Mm-hmm. But it was always a big buck spot. It's where they like to hide
0: yeah you could almost what i call driving the block you know coming out of the woods um, yes you know drive around the block oh wow look here's a there's a you know there's a 120 130 he's got two does bedded locked down in the middle of a field or you know on the fence row where you could basically see them uh, but they're not going anywhere he's not letting them go anywhere he's got them locked down but you could just drive around you know a a four-mile county county square and see five or six bucks with does locked down in these fence rows. Oh, yeah. I love it. Honestly, I, I love exactly. it. know, exactly.
1: Yeah. I've watched that my whole life.
0: So when it comes to these properties, what's your biggest tool on scouting or how how do you go about scouting these properties?
1: Well, now you have the awesomeness of the phone. You can get aerial shots. Mm-hmm. and. hmm you can see where inside L's are or like I described a back corner that fence rows come into or intersect things like that.
0: Topography.
1: Yeah. To pinpoint where, well, here's going to be a pinch point or here's a funnel just where they come in and out and then boots on the ground. You go in the woods after season in the winter time and go look. And I mean, you'll see you'll see just trails everywhere mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know where they're going when it comes there to, to your uh trail cameras how many trail cams are you running on these properties <laughs> <laughs> are you a, a fiend when it comes to trail There's, cams
1: i could be remember that blue collar deal <laughs> right? <laughs> blue collar budget <laughs> right um in the last year i invested in two of the tacticam reveals mm-hmm And I got one in a swamp, and I got one over at Chuck's, which is the intersecting three fence rows off the back of the woods. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm running right now. And I can see what I've been wanting to see. There's deer every day.
0: What you need to see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. On the the points that I said where I was going to put a stand, where I thought it would be good, every day on both spots there's deer coming through. And just last night, midnight, 5 o'clock this morning, I had the biggest buck so far of the season. I posted today on Blue Collar and everywhere else. Um hit that scrape over northeast over in Dutchtown. And yeah. I had seven more deer today throughout the day hit that scrape. All they do is come in the woods, they hit it, and they go on. That's it's awesome. Nuts. So and, I
0: I wanna talk to you about those these 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 scrapes that you're putting out. Um, I've done mock scrapes before, not something I really do regularly. I may do it once a year. If that I'm not a huge scent, uh, sense kind of guy, uh, as we were talking before, um, Correct. and, and, and you just described multiple, multiple deer hitting this scrape in the middle of May.
1: Yeah. So I used to, they took nose down since the mm-hmm. one that I hooked up with this year in February. They told me because I was on their posts and stuff. Guys are like, well, why are you waiting until you know, August 1st? Because usually wait until August 1st. I have been the last four years. I wait until August 1st. Then I start running my scrape. Everybody's like, yeah, a couple months before season. Kind of gets them on it. Well, I figured out that doing it in the middle of May, it makes it more of a community scrape.
0: That's what I was getting ready to ask you. Yes.
1: <laughs> it is what it's become. I've had – Anywhere from babies, which I just had this evening before we jumped on here. I just got a picture of a mama and two babies standing in the scrape. Um, I had that big buck this morning. I had a spike at 3 o'clock today. I had four toes between 1 and 4 o'clock today. Every deer that comes through there is hitting the fine with their nose, putting their nose in the scrape, walking through it, moving on. Multiple pictures all the time. It's nuts. It has become a community scrape rather than a mock scrape just on the location but yet i've been using these since since the middle of may
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're still hitting it every day it hasn't stopped that's so, why i went through two sets of batteries already in two months
0: <laughs> right i want to yeah. give, give me the, the the full rundown of um how you pick a location to do this and the steps of doing it and how you put it all together
1: First things first, you got to find, you got to find where at least two or three trails intersect and get on a main one. Mm -hmm. Or like I said before, a back corner fence row coming in somewhere where they are running every day. It's one of their main trails and just put it off the trail. So they have to walk by it because it's the main trail. But if it's just off the trail and this year is the first year I used a vine i've been using ropes the last four years well my side district, i decided this show is going to do a vine and try to educate myself more i've watched a couple videos on youtube about vines so mm-hmm. i cut them you cut it and if you find one that drips it's good mm-hmm. so they logged his woods out this past spring and when the loggers come through there they made the back corner actually better there's a couple small trees that bend over like this, which kind of make a tunnel over Mm. a four-wheeler trail, which was a main trail they were using coming in and out all the time. So now you got this tree bent over. It's leaning on another tree. So it made a perfect opportunity to tie that vine to that tree and let it hang right there, just off the edge of the trail. And when they walk down that trail, it's right there. It's a visual. They see the vine. It's head high. So make it usually the bottom of it come down to your waist off the ground.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, it's head high, catches their attention. They see the scrape on the ground. It's bare dirt. Mm -hmm. They're going to go over curiosity. Deer curious, they're going to go over and bump it and they do. And so I made this just offset of a main trail coming in, tied that vine to it and just let it hang freely. And they rub it and put all their facial glands on oh, nice. that stick and whatnot. Just like they talk about, it's exactly what they're doing this year. They're rubbing their faces on it. Everyone that hits it is, you can see it in the picture, it's their nose is on it or their faces on it. They're rubbing them glands and everybody's new kick is, well, these facial glands, that's where it's at. I think you're right because this stuff right here that I got introduced to at the show in Indy, which I can't believe I missed you, but I did.
0: I, I was getting ready to say that. you, you Fucking nuts. I, I was at the exact archery booth.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even see that. Jake, Jake did not give me a heads up on that at all. <laughs> I wish he would have because I was there for one day. But I actually went back the second day. I was there for two days because the first day, nose down, caught my eye. Like, oh, I never heard of this company before. So I went over there. First thing I said was unscrew the cap. I want, I want to smell this. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You go, Oh yeah. I says, yeah, I want to see what it smells like. (laughs) You sure? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I was with another scent company for three years before this one. Mm -hmm. And I had some good luck with it. So I want to smell this stuff. I'm like, well, this doesn't smell as strong and it has a little different smell to it. Mm -hmm. It had my interest up enough that I sent it up talking to Jason, who is the owner of it all. Mm-hmm. They're out of Tennessee and he taught me for a couple hours of the show and then gave me four bottles to bring home and said try that stuff out and you know anybody you run into tell them about it and whatnot well I kind of held off on that until I actually tried it
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to promote something that <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. if I haven't tried it and I haven't seen results I'm not gonna promote it right I'm just I'm a real, I'm a real guy. I'm serious yeah. about it. I'm not going to pr- promote something that's fake if it doesn't work. Right. So I haven't said a word about this to hardly anybody until last month. I started. They told me, "Run this stuff in the middle of May. You'll be amazed."
0: So what is it I exactly it. that you're? What What are you spraying on there? Like, what's the bottle say? Like, what is it?
1: Um, well, this one is calm down. It's okay. like, it's like you know, an ever calm.
0: Yep, i I've, I've used that before
1: but i don't know what's in here mm-hmm. i mean it smells like a deer it smells like fur and just today or this morning there's a dough bedded right beside the scrape she was there for 40 <laughs> that pretty, minutes
0: that was a pretty cool picture
1: yeah i t- there's five pictures i looked at the times on each picture she laid there for 45 minutes before she got up and decided to move again <laughs> she just laid down but this stuff this is what i use when I go in there, I'll spray the perimeter around the mock scrape that I make, mm-hmm. so it smells like deer, it's a calming scent, and then I'll take about three squirts on the stick that's hanging, which mm-hmm. is a vine, Right. and I'll let that be. And then after that, I come in with scrape Down, which has facial glands in it and scents from a scrape. Mm-hmm. This stuff is remarkable. I can't explain it but, 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 but i scrape, got results
0: but, so the scrape down it's not like uh you're not spraying like not, estrus or anything in no there.
1: no 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 this is bully buck okay this is straight buck tarsal this is hot dough this is your urine right here okay this is specifically for scrapes for mock scrapes mm-hmm. this doesn't have urine in it this has facial glands and deer scent in it off of like hoses and stuff like that.
0: right?
1: So you can spray the stick with this too. I only squirt one squirt on it. It's a real fine mist. It doesn't take much. right? I'll hit it one time with the mist. I'll hit it two times in the scrape with the mist. That's it. Three squirts and I'm out. And I don't go back until once a week because I'm in there for 10 minutes. I'm in and out. I do it in the middle of the day right now because it's summer. They're not moving in the middle of the day. So... I mean, I spray myself with Calm Down when I go in, a couple squirts on each leg. Mm
2: -hmm. It's
1: like, you know, you got weeds and everything this time of year. Right. Spray my uh, rubber boots. And they also have stuff called Eliminate. Mm -hmm. It is a cover scent plus a scent eliminator. I spray down with this every time I go in the woods and have been, even when it's 90 degrees out, going sweating like a hog.
2: Right.
1: Um, yeah. I've been using this. It, Forty minutes later, hour later, after I'm out of there, deer are already back in there, already moving through like nothing ever happened.
0: So when it comes to, like, actually hunting, um, or is, is that something that you're um... – that you do a lot when it comes to hunting? Are you like a scent control kind of guy, or is, is it you're just going hunting?
1: No, I'm I'm one of them scent control guys.
0: Okay.
1: I've, I'm, I don't know. I started using it. I didn't get picked off as easy. Now it's just if I move, I'm picked off. Mm-hmm. But in the past, last three years, I've used a different kind of scent. I never got picked off from the wind direction. None of that's, made a difference but now with this new stuff no i haven't got to try it in a hunting situation yet as far as wind direction but knowing that i'm in there i'm feeding i'm working a scrape i'm walking around my skin's rubbing against things but i spray my skin too so there has not been one deer get spooked scared no just religious every day
0: right i i from the time I was about 17 or 18 until really in the past couple of years, I used a lot of scent eliminator spray, um, religiously. Like I get out, I'm the type of person deer hunting wise. Um, I don't put my clothes on until I get there. I get there. I pull my little mat out of the back of the car or back of the truck and stand on it and put all my clothes on and spray down and that sort of stuff. Um, which I'm still, A little bit just not as much as I used to Uh, a lot of people that I've uh, surrounded myself with when it comes to hunting um, I've seen they don't care about it they don't they really honestly don't give a shit about spraying yourself off they don't care about uh, wind direction for the most part they're just kind of going in and hunting um, and it pays off dividends for them I'm kind of like a hybrid mix of that I still spray myself off, but I'm still conscious about other things. But sometimes I just still kind of try to put myself in the the right situation and just get in there. Um still mindful of what's going on. I'm not going to go, you know, hunt a spot where my wind's going to be blown straight into the into a bedding area as soon as I get no. there or something like that. You know what I mean? But, I won't um, do that. My mind's kind of switched when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um. Obviously, I'll be using a lot of uh, scent shield spray and stuff this this uh, this season. Um. I love all their all their stuff. Uh, uh, myself and Adam and Ryan, uh, and Zane. I've actually I've never haven't really even talked about that on here yet. Um. I've added some new team members to to Blue River. I wanted to grow a little bit, but I didn't want to grow in the fact that I didn't want just anybody and everybody to just to be a part of my thing just because I wanted more people I wanted more people that were a close group of guys that all hunt together and work together and stuff and that sort of thing but I have several new team members now and uh, most of us are brand ambassadors uh, for Nexus Outdoors now which is scent blocker uh, and scent scent lock uh, as far as some other stuff like hardcore waterfowl uh, whitewater fishing there's a uh, several other brands that come with it but um and i'm excited i mean i have used scent blocker uh ever since i started hunting that's my dad got me a uh dream season suit way back uh in the oh, early early 2000s
1: i always wanted one but never did it yeah
0: yeah i love that. i loved it man and I, I fell in love with with blocker oh, yeah. back then I, i'm not saying that i won't maybe try some, um, scent lock stuff. They make some great products. Um, but I'm still kind of just that scent blocker kid at heart going back to what I started using back when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, but that, that whole process has been pretty fun. Uh, meeting a lot of those people, um, got to meet, um, the guy that runs everything, Victor, and we, had a turkey hunt up with uh, Mid-state, out, Mid-State Outdoors in Michigan. We all killed turkeys. There was uh, Actually, there was seven or eight of us that killed a turkey in basically two days. Everybody killed a turkey. Everybody that went killed nice. a turkey. It was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, but I'm sure you'll see, um, as far as Blue River Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, you'll see... Uh, definitely see those products pop up we're definitely gonna embrace the opportunity to be a part of that team
1: well i'm gonna be following i've already hit up the uh youtube page and facebook I appreciate page it, man. And, yeah jake told me all about it. i'm like all right yeah i'm gonna follow and Good content. Good content.
0: I appreciate that for sure. Let's talk. Let's talk some gear. You know, we I just kind of touched on some of the gear I like using as far as my clothing goes. Uh, what kind of what kind of bow are you toting around?
1: Ah, uh, I came full circle. I went back to bear archery again this year. Mm-hmm. I've shot Hoyt for the last eighteen years, probably. And as you know, like most bows, they just keep going up and up and up. For sure. Well. I decided to go their direction bear archery this year, come out with the legend XR mm-hmm. and they have promoted the crap out of it saying, you know, it's the working man's bow pretty much blue collar bow 450 bucks. And that's just bear bow, but still versus 1850 for a yeah. uh, Hoyt carbon. <laughs> right. Um, So I did it. I did it, I guess to kind of prove a point to myself and, I guess people out there that you don't have to go out and buy the latest, greatest. You don't have to go out and spend two grand on a bow to go out and kill a deer.
0: That's awesome that you bring that up because I'm actually looking at getting a new bow. It's been a long time since I got a got a bow just for that very reason, the price tag. I shoot a yeah. uh, Matthews Monster uh, right now, but I'm actually looking at a bear bow. It's the Bear Adapt, I believe, is the one that I'm looking at. Uh,
1: yeah it's the same as this legend xr but it's a single cam instead of a dual cam
0: mm -hmm, yep
1: the adapt yeah Yeah, it's a pretty nice looking
0: bow and it's only like right at 500 bucks
1: yeah most definitely which that's compatible this is why they made this bow off of that bow
0: and i just saw on their socials not but an hour ago before we jumped on here um they have a new one coming out that's going to be released i believe the 19th of this month I didn't see the name of it. If if it was on there, I missed it. It was some kind of collaboration with uh, the Hunting Public guys. I know that's the Adapt oh, was the Adapt yeah. was a, a Hunting Public bow, uh, mm-hmm. but apparently they're coming out with something bigger and better than what they did before
1: sweet can't i can't wait to see that
0: yeah it's kind of what i was thinking too um i want
1: to hold off and wait till that happens i was thinking the same <laughs> thing
0: well then yeah. again if if it comes out maybe that maybe that adapter dropped a few a few dollars
1: <laughs> it might you never know uh um, but no back back to my uh expensive bow thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: no so i took that hoyt after season and i sold it i got 15 back out of it for spending 1850 last year nice So, I bought this bow, and I refurbished my other bear bow from six years ago, which is a Barracuma 33, and I'm a big Ted Nugent fan.
0: That's awesome, Uncle Teddy.
1: Oh, yeah. I dipped it myself in zebra, and the limbs are starting to get a little hairy, so I ordered new limbs this year, got the red, white, and blue string back on it, and it's sighted in. The uh, Legend XR sighted in, so I have two bows ready to go for deer season, for less than eighteen fifty. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: and there and, and there's there's a story behind that that Ted Nugent bow, right?
1: There's going to be, I hope. <laughs> there's going to be. I've killed a few deer with it. Um, my amazing wife there you go (laughs) amazing wife wife of the century for my anniversary got me tickets to go see ted nugent next week july 20th at the blue gate
0: that's awesome i so hope he signs that thing
1: so do i it's going i'm gonna try i'm gonna try
0: definitely got to get some pictures taken uh if he signs it man
1: oh yeah most definitely i'm hoping he does i'm gonna try (laughs) <laughs> it's a small venue not a lot of people i'm hoping something happens and yeah it'd be it'd be a dream dream fulfilled
0: as far as uh you know obviously you really like ted nugent have you ever uh, met somebody like that before in person
1: um legends of bow hunting
0: just in general oh, as it's far it's as it's hunting goes hunting. oh goes yeah
1: oh yeah i've uh Mr. Duck Dynasty himself, Willie Robertson. Nice. Met him. Yeah, I got pictures. I saw the limb of that bow, but he signed the limb. I met him over in Warsaw. He was at the um, oh, it was a convention center. It was February of 17. Yeah. February 24 17, on my birthday. I got awesome. to go see him. They let me take a bow, and I had to be escorted. No right. arrows, mind you. Right. But they had to escort me in, <laughs> have him sign it, and then escort me back out with no arrows. So he signed the bow. We can't go off without arrows. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but I got the job done.
0: That's awesome.
1: But, no, I met Chuck Adams. I met.
0: That's who I, That's my, I met. my story. I was going to go with Chuck Adams.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to meet him, too, at the indie show. Yeah, me, had too. Him sign, he signed one of my Hoyt bows.
0: That's awesome. He signed a uh he was promoting some kind of book that he had out. Yeah. This has been years. We were there ago. the same year. Yeah. <laughs> and I had oh loved my. watch loved watching him for a long time and I I'm not really much of a uh a guy that reads a whole bunch, but uh especially when I was younger, I really didn't care about reading. Uh but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but meeting yeah. him in person, you know. I thought man this guy's going to be like stuck up or you know act like a pompous ass or something but he was no, pretty nice he was really nice guy we t- yeah. he him and he talked to my dad my dad was kind of starstruck a little bit it felt like but they could, we all oh, kind of yeah. talked about deer hunting and of course we had to kind of hurry up and go on cuz there was people in line ready to ready to talk to him you know Oh yeah That but indie no, I- show that indie show I feel like uh was underrated for a long time but there's definitely starting to be some buzz around the indie show, you know, like yeah, uh, the working class bow hunter. It's he said. I, I talked to him, you know, him passing by the booth a few times. He said that's like too. one of their favorite shows to come to now is the indie show.
1: I love those guys. I got a picture with them when I was here in Indy. That's awesome. Their hat, their stickers on my truck because you know if you're. You can't kill big bucks if your wife sucks. It's <laughs> right?
0: I got yeah. that sticker on Or I think the neighbor has, no, he's got the koozie or the sticker. I can't remember
1: what it is. Oh, it's on my back window. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. Yeah. And my wife looks at me and says, "Help! Nope, I don't suck. Go kill him.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. My wife doesn't suck either. I get to do a lot of stuff when it comes to, uh, you know, the out, outdoors as far as, you know, blue river and we go all over the place now and, yeah very understanding hunting and videoing and everything and the very understanding and obviously you know it's going to affect your your pocketbook a little bit so it's pretty cool that we get to do the things that we get to do for sure
1: yeah it is truly
0: what about stands are you like a lock-on type of guy a ladder stand a saddle a climber what do you like using
1: well when i first started hunting it was nothing but lock-ons then right pretty much uh, Uncle Terry, yeah, you're sitting in this little thing, smaller than this little chair here, twenty feet up in the air with the screwing steps and little metal yeah. rods that come out. Yeah, that's what I learned on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but but now I, as I grew up, I got bigger, and one butt cheek stands is just not good enough for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I have moved up to ladder stands pretty much. I got a brand new one sitting in the garage that my wife got me for Christmas. There you go. It's going to go at the new spot here in Akron at the Swamp. I'm going to get together here shortly, probably 1st of August, go do it, hoping on a rainy day. Mm -hmm. And put them up. I always make sure and try to do it on a rainy day, you know, because rain washes sent away. Try to get in and get out as fast as you can. Whatever you can do to not spook the deer. But anymore, it's But I do have three ground blinds. But I've not yet killed a deer out of a ground blind. But I have three of them just in case I got to get somewhere and set up real quick. Mm -hmm. I'm still not a big ground hunting guy.
0: I'm not either. I'm not either. People
1: talk to me about it. It's like I feel like I'm out there, even though Mm -hmm. you're in a blind. You feel like you're just—they can pick you off no matter what. You're just sitting there eye level, and you're out there. Right. I I don't i haven't grasped that feeling
0: yet the only time i really hunt out of a uh, a blind and i have a nice one i got that dark horse from um uh, double bull uh, is turkey hunting i turkey hunt out of a blind when i'm bow hunting um other than that i don't even that thing's not gonna see the woods when i'm deer hunting unless it's me taking like a youth hunter or something like that i love That's being I, yeah I, I love being elevated. Um yes. even if it's not even that high. I I yes. gotta be up in the air. I like having that view.
1: You can't see nothing on the ground. No. After hunting in a tree all those years and you go on the ground, your vision's cut off from side to side, back all you got's in front of you, that's it. You don't know what's going on around you. Twenty, twenty five feet in a tree, you can see what's going on around you, you can see what's coming for a ways off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's gotta be a tree stand. Gotta be up. <laughs> right. Gotta um, be.
0: when it comes to those, um, you know, uh, back to the bow talk a little bit, what kind of arrows are, do you, do you like using?
1: <laughs> You're going to laugh this one too.
0: Whatever you get your hands on.
1: <laughs> no, guess what I'm shooting. What's that? Ted Nugent arrows. <laughs>
0: oh, that's awesome. I should have guessed <laughs> that. I don't even know why yeah. I didn't
1: guess that. <laughs> but the cool thing about Ted Nugent arrows, every one of them has their own serial number it's right in the wrap it's pretty cool
0: so you definitely but yeah they probably put some time into them then
1: yeah i'm shooting the gold tip ted nugent 400s so i started out with 300s but those things are like shooting a log Them 300s are heavy so i switched to 400s made them a little lighter but no, i love them i've been using them for about three four years now i haven't switched yet i've thought about it but i i can't get away from those ted's <laughs>
0: yeah gold tip definitely makes a uh a very nice product for sure i i, I had gold tips um probably six seven years ago somewhere in there I, I don't know and it's not a price thing but they are cheaper than a lot of, of other ones i love using those um the carbon expresses i have some of those and then i have um some blood sports that i like a lot too but they're, they're obviously not as much as some of these other ones. But I mean, there's, I'm a big – I wouldn't say big. I like using it. I like using the platform TikTok. Um, there's quite a few arrow builders on there, and I was actually messaging one earlier. I think I might actually, for the first time, have like some actual custom arrows made, uh, like with my own wrap and stuff on them, me picking everything out from the knock to the vein yeah. and everything. I'm I thinking I might go that route for once.
1: Is that the, is that the Botox guy?
0: Uh, that's one of them that I've looked at. Uh, Nimrod was the one that I've been looking at.
1: Ah, okay. I like the Botox guy. I yeah, he's him pretty a lot. cool. Yeah, he's pretty yes, cool. he dude. is. Yeah.
0: Now, what about broadheads? Let's get into that.
1: <laughs> broadheads? Well, I got to thank you for that one. <laughs> I, I used to be the idiot that goes out and spends $50 on three expandable broadheads. And then... You know, you shoot a log or miss and shoot them in the dirt, and then you got to go out and spend another $50 for three broadheads. Mm-hmm. So I switched this year, blue collar, white tail, and you guys, we are all shooting the exact archery broadheads, four blade, 100 green. And I'm completely impressed. I got three boxes, which is nine broadheads, for the price of three. Broadheads, of you know the store brand big name people 50 bucks Mm -hmm. yeah that's all i got in it and these things are sharp as crap they're accurate durable i can't wait to put one through a deer
0: oh yeah it's fun trust me i did it a couple times last year and i'm kind of in the same boat you are you know when you were talking about your sense i'm not going to promote anything uh that i don't believe in i'm not that guy i don't get paid to do this you know, nope, what people might first. think having a podcast, I don't get paid to do anything. I may, uh, create partnerships with people and that sort of thing. There's been several companies that have had, um, you know, ad reads and stuff on here. Um, and when I met Jake and started doing ad reads for, uh, exact archery, I had already had one, one doe down, uh, with the exact archery bra head. And I was hooked, dude. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, these things. It, it wasn't so much the sharpness, because obviously it doesn't matter how sharp it is, you still need to put it in the right place. Right. Um, for me, it was the flight of the arrow. Um, oh, my God. It was like Peyton throwing a 50-yard bomb in the Colts back in the day. Just a perfect spiral, buddy. I love the way it flew. I mean, I, I heard you and Jake talking about um, what you're comfortable with shooting-wise when it comes to to bow hunting. Uh, and I shot my deer this past year at 46 yards, uh, and it hit exactly, exactly where I told it to go, which was incredible because sometimes, you know, with, with the way that the, the arrows go nowadays and your bra heads, it's hard telling at, at a, sh- a shot, 45 yards, hard telling where that bra head's going to go sometime or your arrow.
1: Correct. Yes. And I the
0: consistency with those bra heads are amazing.
1: i Going to get shooting them more. I've only shot them a couple times, but I've been busy, of course. Blue collar, busy doing things, but I'm going to get focused here shortly, and I'm going to really start ripping these broadheads and see, Mm -hmm. you know, get used to them. But I've shot a couple, and I love them. Absolutely. But, But like I said on the last podcast with Jake last week that, you know, I had a damn good bucket, 45 yards last year, and I let him walk. It just seems to be a long shot for a bow. Anything can happen at forty-five yards, and I—I oh, sure. I neglected. I just no. I laid back and I just watched him walk on. Ironically, that buck that I sent you today—that's the same buck that I passed last year.
0: That's awesome. Um, as far as when you're practicing, um, do you ever practice at, at at yardages like that, like a forty-yard shot? Practicing,
1: I do. But not as much. I usually am pretty resilient on, or religious, on 20, to 30 yards, just pounding it all the time. Mm-hmm. Because in a tree, when you're 20 feet up in the air, 20, 30 yards, you know, that's it. That's that's like money. Right. Unless your air rest bolt comes loose and it moves on you like last year and cost you a deer and you didn't know it.
0: Mm-hmm. That or you know, there might be a limb that you don't see in the way, or blade of grass, you never know what can affect the flight of that your was, arrow like that.
1: No, that was Jake last year with the limb, and <laughs> I had Jake had the limb, and I had the uh, drop away rest that came apart on me.
0: Oh, wow! Um, I'm actually yeah. kind of going through that a little bit of myself. Uh, when I was practicing, I've been practicing a lot. Uh, like uh, on the weekends, like uh, Saturday, Sunday, if I'm just kind of hanging out in the garage, watching the Reds game, I'll get the bow out and in between innings or, or whatever, I'll throw a couple arrows down, down range. And I kind of had the problem with my drop away. I'm actually, um, I'm going to buy a, a whole new one. Uh, there's like a plastic piece on some of the older ones where it ties on to, to the string. There's like this plastic piece and yeah. it broke. Well, yep. it basically coming untied and it, it moves. Um, so I got to go get me a new drop away rest and I was pricing them out and Oh my gosh, I might as well go sell my feet picks on OnlyFans or something if I wanted some archery parts.
1: (laughs) Now I will say, yeah, I know they're expensive as crap, but, uh, don't overlook trophy ridge.
0: Well, that's what I got. I have a trophy ridge, but it's a lot older. Like I said, I, when I got put this bow together, we're talking like the 2010 so it's been, it's been a hot minute since I've – I mean, I've put new stuff, well, obviously, together in my bow. It's got a brand-new site on it and everything. I've tried to upgrade it as much yeah. as possible without buying a whole new setup. Uh, but it's time to get a new drop-away rest for sure.
1: Well, the drop-away rest on this new uh, Legend XR was $70, mm-hmm. and I love it. it it's great. It not failed me at all. I've been shooting it all spring, summer. And that site is one of them new React sites from Trophy Ridge. Mm-hmm. i tell you what, that site is giving me the confidence to take that 40, 50-yard shot. Because once you set the 20-yard pin, and then you set that 30-yard pin, and there's just one dial, you turn that dial, and it spreads the other two pins on a 4-pin. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly set at 40 and 50. I step back, it's hitting 40 and 50.
0: That's awesome. I'm, a, I'm more of a 3-pin guy myself, like a 20, 30, 40. And, and like when I had that buck last year, you know, I knew, um, you know, at, a, at, at for a 40-yard shot it was going to drop a little bit, obviously. Um, and I put my 40-yard pin on him and just raised it up, j- I mean, just a little bit. Uh, and it hit home pretty hard, as you can see in those pictures.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for this fall.
0: <laughs> yes, I want to see some pictures like that too.
1: Oh, yeah. That was great pictures.
0: So I got one last question for you before we hop off here. What is your dream hunt?
1: My dream hunt? If it was pick one, it would have to be the big moose up in
0: Nice, Alaska. That's awesome. That would be so badass. Bow hunt. <laughs> Y'all, Bow for hunt. sure, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. One week on a big moose in alaska i've watched so many professional hunters do it it just looks like a blast that is my one dream
0: get dropped off in the bush playing up there
1: <laughs> oh yeah that'd be mm-hmm. so
0: awesome man that would be well buddy it's been a pleasure talking to you man i can't wait to see how everything unfolds with you this year i'm going to be following you and jake's stuff pretty hard hopefully Hint, hint, Jake. Uh, I need to get back on that podcast a yours here soon or something. <laughs> but I'll be listening to your guys's podcast and everything, and checking in on that, man. But uh, tell everybody where they can find you at on the uh, old social media. Uh,
1: you can find me along with Jake. But you can find me on uh, Blue Collar Whitetails. You can find me on Defactor <laughs> Outdoors on my page, Matt Dossman, and I'm posting about every day. That's
0: awesome, man. Well, everybody, thank you for for listening to episode 62.
1: We'll be but back one again. More thing. Yeah, well, what's up? <coughs> I think us three ought to get together on a podcast. Me, you, and Jake.
0: I'm down. I I I don't care if it's this show or your show, we'll, we'll do it. That sounds awesome, yeah.
1: man. Yeah, let's do it.
0: For sure. Uh but thanks for listening if you're in the podcast world, thanks for watching if you're on the YouTube Uh, I'm going to hopefully you've stayed long enough to hear me say this, but on our Blue River Bowhunting Facebook page right now, we have a give a hat giveaway. Uh, We're picking a winner on Friday. So I know that's only a couple days from now. So hopefully you hear this in time. Um, But you just go like our page comment on the on the post of a screenshot of you subscribe to our YouTube uh, we'll be drawing a winner uh, here in a couple of days, but you guys have the good rest of your week, and we'll see you again back here next week. Y'all have a good one.
1: Thanks,
2: guys.